Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And this is episode number 79. And I'm super excited to share with you who our guest is today. Our guest today is Dr. R. Craig Hogan. Now, Craig is someone who is very, very special to me, even though this is the very first time we've spoken voice to voice. He wrote an incredible book called Your Eternal Self. And when I first started my investigation about life after death, it was the most profound book that I have ever read. And it opened my eyes to so many other things. In fact, just before my dad passed away, Craig was very generous to send my dad a personally autographed copy of his book with a long letter to my dad of what to expect in the dying process. I mean, he's just a wonderful man, and I can't even tell you how excited I am to have him. Uh, Besides being the author of Your Eternal Self, uh, Dr. Hogan has co-authored some other books, including Induced After-Death Communication, written with Dr. Alan Botkin, and Guided Afterlife Connections. There's also a book, Repair and Reattachment Grief Grief Therapy, which contains 26 accounts of people who have had their own afterlife connections with the Guided Afterlife Connection procedure. There's a ton about this man. He has been involved uh, in life after death studies for a long, long time, but I'll have him share who he is and what he's about and what he's up to now. So, Dr. Craig Hogan, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, thank you very much, Sandra. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, your voice is just warm and caring as well. So, um, sending you a distance over the miles. So are you in mm-hmm. Illinois? Is that the area? Yes. Hail from? Uh, Central Illinois. So, uh, uh, in normal Illinois, which is kind of a strange name, but uh, normal Illinois outside of Illinois State University. Oh, very good. I uh, taught there for a number of years. Okay. And what was your... Um what did you teach about? Because it, it's interesting actually, to me how one mm-hmm. becomes an afterlife explorer. Mm-hmm. So maybe a little yeah, bit about Yeah, I don't think anybody's born. You don't, you don't decide to major in that when you're in high school and you're talking to your guidance counselor. Not uh, so no, much, I, no. <laughs> I was actually uh, a professor of business communications. Okay. So I was in the College of Business. And uh, it was after I had uh, left the College of Business and started my own school. I have my own online business writing school now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was after that that I had gotten into afterlife studies. Did something trigger that to have you start studying into the afterlife? Yeah, I was drawn to it. I was brought to it. I'm, I started meeting psychics. Uh, I didn't really have any belief in anything in, in particular. Um, I was not going to church or anything like that. And I started meeting psychics that kept coming into my life. And and uh, as I met them, I discovered that there was something much more to life than this realm that we're living in. And uh, I discovered then that I have some psychic abilities. I can do remote viewing. I can do psychometry when I hold things in my hand and know th- things about it. And uh, then after that, then I realized that uh, our mind is not in the brain. And as a result of that, we live on forever. We just continue to live after the body stops. And that became more and more apparent, and the more I study it, the more I realize that that's true. It just is, the evidence is all over the place, and we just have to help people to understand that. Mm. Well, it's so interesting. Um, if you're a first-time listener here, you might be thinking, what are 
mind is not in our brain, where <laughs> the heck could it be? And if you wouldn't mind, just um, some people have never heard the the term remote viewing before. Or mm-hmm. What was the other one you said? Psycho. Telemetry? No. Nope. Psychometry. Psychometry. Mm-hmm. Uh, remote viewing. And uh, you've got a chapter in your book on, on remote I viewing. Sure uh, do. And it's an excellent book, by the way. I just love your book. Thank you. Uh, recommend it to everybody. Uh, the the uh, remote viewing means that you uh, sit quietly someplace and all you have to do is close your eyes and intend to see something and experience something that's far away from you. It could be thousands of miles from you. And when you just sit with your eyes closed and you intend to experience that thing, then it, images will come into your mind. They'll just come into your mind and somebody said that it's like having a memory of something you didn't experience. So the memories come into your mind about that thing that's far away. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing about remote viewing is that then you can check it out. So you can have the person there send you a picture of whatever it was that they had. And I'm best at seeing things that are objects that sit on tables or on, on a desk. And they will then uh, send me the picture of what it was and we'll compare that to my description. And that's when I know that I am actually seeing whatever it was. And uh, we get, I can get the experience of the texture of it and the sound of it. And, and if there's emotion involved in it, I get the emotion that's involved in it. And so that's remote viewing. And psychometry is being able to hold something in your hand and you can tell things about the person who owns it. Uh, things about uh, their life and their disposition and who they are. And, and uh, you can tell things about whatever the personal relationship was that they had with the person who gave them the object. And so you, all these things are embodied in the, the object. And all you have to do is hold it in your hand and relax into a state of uh, relaxation where you can receive the messages and then ask, just uh, ask, the, ask the divine, ask the universe, and say, what can you tell me about this person? And then you get the answers. And uh, so that's psychometry, and I found out that I could do both of them. Mm. And well, I you had turned me on to um, Russell Targ, and I had taken a course mm-hmm. with him on remote viewing. And boy, I tell you, I, along with a lot of people, have this inner voice that's saying it's not possible mm-hmm. it's not going to happen mm-hmm. and if it does happen everybody else will be successful but you mm-hmm. won't sandra and i mean i was ha- i'm happy to report there was 60 something people in the course mm-hmm. and every single one of us could remote view yeah, uh, some a little bit wonderful. stronger than others but it told mm-hmm. me that if i'm able mm-hmm. to see something that's halfway around the world mm-hmm. um, i can't possibly just be this body no, no, you're, you're, the mind is not in the brain. That's the important thing. And no neuroscientist, no scientist is going to tell, be able to tell you how the brain could create the mind. It just is impossible. And, uh, and also where memories are stored and how they could be stored. The, the research that's been done has shown that if you, uh, if you try to put memories into a brain, that the brain would be filled after one hour of television. And so it's impossible. The, the memories are not in the brain. They're outside of the brain, too. So that means that since our minds, the, the part of us that, that thinks and loves and, and feels, that mind that, that we are is outside of the brain, and the memories that, that we have are outside of the brain, then when the brain stops having any functions, then we just keep on going on. Wow. I know, I know people that have had dementia or Alzheimer's and they can't mm-hmm. retrieve some mes- some memories. Somehow the brain is connected to the retrieval 
isn't mm-hmm. it, though? Cause, yeah. yeah. And what, what it is is uh, there's a, a rule set. Um, we're going through our lives right now, and, and we're, we're doing things where some of us are, are great pianists and uh, others of us can't uh, play anything more than a radio. Um, and uh, some of us can, can sing well, and others can't carry a tune at all. And mm-hmm. some are very bright, and, and some are not so bright. And, and so everybody has their role. They have their set of circumstances. And we are given those when we go into this life. We actually plan it ahead of time. But we're given that when we come into this life. And they're kind of like the setup for our life. And some of the things that are setups are whether we have Alzheimer's. But it's just a setup for the life. It has nothing to do with who we are as an eternal being, because our eternal self that really isn't in, uh, involved in the physical realm isn't in the physical realm. The eternal self is perfectly whole, perfectly uh, comfortable, and isn't having any of these difficulties. But while we're in the life, we have to play by the rules. We have to, we've got our setup. We need to play by the rules. And then as we play by the rules, then we learn lessons. And that's what we're here for. We're here to learn lessons and to help other people learn lessons. And so that's why somebody can have Alzheimer's or they can be in a vegetative state. And at the same time, their eternal self is just perfectly fine and whole. They're just playing that role. This is just what's happening in the physical realm. And we know that in part because we can communicate with them. So we can communicate with with their eternal self or higher self while they're in a vegetative state or while they have Alzheimer's. And we're we're doing that right now. Do you know I haven't heard of that before? I've heard of mm-hmm. connecting with people who've crossed over, but not those who just lie there. I had a friend of mine mm-hmm. whose dad had Alzheimer's, and for a better part of two years, he he had no speech. He had very little mm-hmm. movement, and so what you're saying is there's a way to actually communicate with his. Spirit. Yeah, and we're, there's a, um, we're doing a lot of that now. And uh, there's a book that I just uh, published. I have a little publishing company called Greater Reality Publications, and we publish things for people. Uh, we don't charge anything for, for doing it, just to, to help them get their word out. But it, it's called A Falling Star, uh, and I just published it, and it's by a spiritualist minister named Bonnie Crozier. But it's about, she's a Reiki master, and she works with hospices, mm-hmm. and uh, in a hospice, she was working with a woman who was not able to communicate. She could blink her eyes, but the rest of her body was completely paralyzed. And one day, as she was walking be- beside her, she uh, she heard the words, uh, "Why is this happening to me? Why do I have to be in this situation?" And she figured out after a couple of days of that 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 this woman was communicating, uh, that she was getting her communication. And so then she communicated back, and she, and she said, is that you speaking? And the woman, of course, was very surprised, the woman who was uh, not communicative. And uh, then they started the dialogue, and from then until her passing, they continued to have a dialogue with each other. The woman actually learned how she could go out of body so that she would visit Bonnie at other places. And then after she passed, then they continued the conversation uh, so we know that we can communicate with somebody who's in this state. Oh, that's really good news. Mm-hmm. And and for people that are around the bedside, mm-hmm. you can keep talking to the person. Yes, know? they need to. They need to. Because the eternal self is, isn't affected. The eternal self. And so, uh, and, and that's true also of when somebody passes and, and, uh, and somebody feels bad because they weren't there. Yes. You know, or they feel bad because 
the person wasn't communicative and couldn't communicate for a while and they just passed away and right. and they didn't have a chance to say goodbye and they feel bad about that but the fact is that the, the person is whole and healthy and and is just is right there in the room is there with that that person and hears every word so every emotion every feeling every word goes right to the person they get it all so there's nothing that's left unsaid and so it's never too late if you've had never an argument with someone, you haven't talked mm-hmm. to them for six months, it's mm-hmm. not too late. No, no, oh. it's not. And, and you can do that any time. And, and they're very anxious on the other side to, to communicate with us. You know, they want to communicate. Uh, and they want to have that forgiveness. They want to give forgiveness. And they want to receive forgiveness. And we can continue the dialogue with them after they have gone on and transitioned off of the Earth plane or graduated from Earth school and uh, and we're still here, but we can still communicate with them and keep up a good relationship. Oh, that's great. I want to get mm-hmm. into, uh, maybe a little bit later in the show, some of the these communication ways, because I know you attended a conference. I heard you on the Roberta Grimes Seek Reality show about mm-hmm. some great conference and many different mm-hmm. ways people are connecting. But if mm-hmm. you could just maybe go through some of your core findings of why you believe life after death is real, like, um, just some of those things that if somebody came up to ask you in the street, well, why do you think life after death mm-hmm. is real? Like, what would you say? Yeah. What are well, some of the reasons? Yeah. Well, the first thing that we know is because we know that the consciousness is, uh, the mind is not in the brain. So we know mm-hmm. that that's true. Uh, but the other reason is because we can start with the near death experiences, which are wonderful experiences that people have. In a near death experience, the brain stops functioning. It's really important to know about them. There is no functioning in the brain, and uh, the memories couldn't be stored. The person couldn't be seeing or perceiving. Uh, and yet we, we know that uh, people, when they are in, in a near-death experience and they're going back, at that point they still are able to communicate, and they see things, and they experience things. So we know that that's true. And, and for instance, there's a, a one that's uh, a story about a woman who had had a cardiac arrest. And uh, she, when she was in cardiac arrest, her brain was not functioning. It was flatlined. And uh, when, but when she came back out, she described what was going on in the operating room. When, uh, when they were trying to revive her, she described what was going on down the hall with the physicians there, what her family was doing what was on the, the bulletin board, the scratches on the bulletin board, and, and even that her anesthesiologist had two different colored socks on. That oh, my day. gosh. So she was able to describe all of that, and it was all accurate, but the great, most amazing thing is that she had been blind since birth. So she was not, her brain was not able to see, but she was able to see when she was in the near-death experience. And when she was in the near-death experience, then her mind kept functioning, her memories kept kept coming, and so we know that she was still alive after that experience had happened. So that's one of the ways in which we know that that's true. That uh, that people do continue after they have the body has ceased functioning. Uh, and another way we know we know that uh, from mediums because mediums are very good, very good, and very powerful. And uh, we know that mediums uh, do communicate with people who are on the other side. We, we have studies that were, have been done at universities, uh, at the University of Arizona particularly, but also by the wind, what's called the Windbridge Institute. Uh, and uh, the studies have shown that the people who pass on and go on to the other side then 
can communicate back to us. And we know that because they tell us things that, that only the person on the other side would know. And they remind us about things that we And they also will tell us things that then we find out later on were true. And so we know that that's true from the mediums who are able to connect. Um, and we also know that that's true from uh, psychotherapists now are able to help people to have afterlife communications while they sit in their office. And uh, I, that one of the books that I had written that you had mentioned is uh, Induced After-Death Communication. Um, and, for instance, in one circumstance, a, a, a woman uh, had had a, an experience in which she connected with her loved one on the other side while she's sitting in the psychotherapist's office. And as she was connecting with her, the, her loved one on the other side, she, she saw a man standing behind her loved one and she didn't recognize him but he seemed like he was he was very warm and friendly towards her like he loved her but she didn't know who it was and when she came back out and uh, she left the psychotherapist's office it wasn't until about two years later that uh, somebody had shown her a picture of a man and had revealed to her something she didn't realize she had been adopted and the man was her birth, birth father and it turned out that was the man that she had seen in the psychotherapist's office in her mind. And so that was proof of the fact that she had been seeing and uh, people who were living on the other side. So we know that they're, that they're there on the other side. Wow. I'm just speechless. I'm just picturing that. I, I, I had mm-hmm. gone to a funeral. A friend of mine, her husband had passed away and just mm-hmm. a week prior to that, his own father had passed away. And so it was a double funeral. And I kept seeing in my mind's eye a man I didn't recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, looking younger and healthy. Um, but I kept seeing him. And then we mm-hmm. went to after the funeral there was a reception and there were all these pictures hanging up of both the, the father and the son and lo and behold i the guy in my mind's eye is the same guy that was in the pictures you know and i never met him but i mean it's it was amazing amazing yeah yeah um and uh and so we know that that's true we know that people are able to communicate in that way and uh are you hearing a beep I am hearing every so often it kind of just goes dead. So I don't oh, know does it? Okay. what's happening. And, it's just only for yeah. a second, but. Yeah, okay, because I think what that means is that my battery's going out on this phone. So I just have to get to another phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this yeah. is the exciting thing about this show. I mean, one show <laughs> I was interviewing a woman and I heard this really loud snoring in the background. Well, that was her dog. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, we're very patient. Though. Okay. How's that? We're fine now. We're fine now. Okay. okay. Very cool. So, so the, those are some of the ways in which we know that uh, the fact that, that we do continue afterwards. So we also know that uh, 50% of the, of the widowers report seeing visions of their departed spouses after they after the spouse has, uh, has passed. And it's up to, in some studies, as high as 70 to 80%. So this is a very common phenomenon. We know that people do communicate with their loved ones afterwards. Yeah. Uh, there's another a, a study that was done uh, of um, uh, Icelanders. It was done in Iceland. They reported that 31% had had visual encounters that actually had seen their loved one after they had passed. Wow. So we know that they're there. Uh, we have um, dream visitations. 
and the uh, dream visitations are, are filled with uh, with evidence, evidential uh, evidence that the person is communicating from the other side. There's, there's one that's it's in one of my books um, mm-hmm. in which uh, a man named Jerry, uh, who had been separated from his life, uh, actually divorced from his wife for a number of years, and, and her, their children were living with the wife and the uh, and the, the other coast. And uh, he had a dream one night of his wife, and his wife came to him, and it was a very vivid dream. It just was like they were having the conversation. And uh, he, she started telling him what to do with the children, what she, with each child. And she had instructions for him and what he should do with each child, and, and uh, it was very real. He woke up, and, and uh, it was just like he had had a conversation with her, and he got a phone call a little bit later on that morning, and he found out that his, his ex-wife had passed away overnight. She'd been killed in a car accident. Wow. And so what was happening was that she came to him and she was giving him instructions of what to do with the children because of the fact that she was not going to be able to do, be there to help, to wow. take care of them. Craig, I've got a, so, a, mm-hmm. a good story that just happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, my aunt, who I live with, she's 10 years older than me, she's mm-hmm. been hearing for the last umpteen years all my crazy stories of people I've met, things I've done, and God, mm-hmm. God bless her for listening, right? She's never mm-hmm. had any strange experiences. However, her co-worker just lost her brother. This man was in his 40s. He died of pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. leaving two kids and a wife behind, and extremely sad. I mean, really, really a tough time. Well, the mm-hmm. night, night before last, my aunt has a dream, and she's at an amusement, amusement park, Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, this man sits on a bench with her, and he's saying mm-hmm. he's fine, he looks healthy, and what she keeps feeling is that they're an amusement at an amusement park called Funland. Mm-hmm. So my aunt, had, I mean, it was so real and so visual to my aunt. And so she, as she's telling me this story, she goes to work and she tells her friend, she says, this is, might sound strange, but your brother came to me in a dream. And I don't know if it was just a dream or not, but he kept saying, we're at Funland. Well, mm. Craig, Funland is something that only this woman would know when they were little children, their parents mm. would bring them to a park called Funland. And mm. my aunt's never known of any existence of any Funland or, you know what this guy looked like when he was younger and so it was just such a touching thing it's mm-hmm. never happened before to my aunt and it, and he had come through her and like what a beautiful message that was that is beautiful yeah and they really do make an effort you know they they, they do come through uh, people wonder why somebody uh, has not come through to them you know a yes. loved one has passed and it's been months and they haven't come to visit them and right. they wonder if they don't like them anymore if they're a problem with them or but it has nothing to do with that. It's very difficult for those on the other side, just the way, as it is for us, to make that connection. Oh. And so what they have to do is they actually uh, learn how to make the connection. So they do, there is teaching, there is instruction on the other side about how to make the connection. And, but it's very difficult for them to do it, and most of them cannot do it. So what they have to do is they, they can go to a medium, and they can inspire the person on this side to go to the medium, okay. And then they can have the reading. So if somebody feels like they want to go to a medium, it's very possible they've been inspired by the person on the other side to go to it. But they uh, they have to either have somebody go to a medium or they have to focus and and, and try to get the person on this side to understand and, and, and to listen and, and to get the message through. But most people just don't listen on this side. We just don't stop long enough to listen. And so we miss the communication. It's there, but we miss it. 
and so we had to teach people on this side how to communicate and and uh and we are uh, i have an online it's a, a free training program to help people to learn how to connect uh it's uh on the internet where and, is it uh, on the internet that we can find uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> it's at um, understanding dot org. Self-guided dot spiritualunderstanding dot org, and it teaches people how to allow the messages to come through, how to allow the unfoldment to come through. Eighty-six percent of the people who get on do have connections, and some of them are just profound, just wonderful connections. And we get uh, validations. We've had many validations. We had one validation in which a woman connected with the person she wanted to connect with, but then she started seeing as she as she was sitting in her living room with her eyes closed, just going through the the program uh, that we have online. And uh, as she was sitting there and having this connection, suddenly a, a young girl comes into her mind, and she's seen the young girl, and the young girl is baking. She's making. She's cooking. And she has a, a checkered apron on, and she realizes then that this young girl is a, uh, the daughter of a woman she knows who's, who has crossed to the other side. And the young girl is making what looked like roll-ups. You know, that it's dough that rolls up and you put meat in it, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and uh, then you slice it. But the roll-ups have jalapeno peppers in them. Okay. And she thought, this is strange. <laughs> you know, have a roll-up with jalapeno peppers in it. Uh, but then after she had had this procedure that she had gone through in her living, just sitting, living room, just sitting there, she talked to the, to the girl's mother and said, listen, I had this, uh, this, these images of, of your daughter and she was cooking and then she had a checkered apron on and the, and the woman said, yes, we love to cook together. That was something that we always loved to do. And she did have a checkered apron Aww. that she wore all of the time when she cooked. And then, then the woman who had the experience said, and the strangest thing, I, you know, I saw her making what looked like roll-ups, but they had jalapeno peppers in them. I couldn't figure that out at all. And, and the woman who's, uh, whose daughter she had seen said, yes, we used to make jalapeno pepper roll-ups all the time. Wow. So, yeah, we, we have lots of validations of that. So people can actually do their own connections. And this training program that, that I had developed and put online, and it's completely free, just like everything else that we do, mm-hmm. uh, is available to people, and they can connect. And some people now are connecting every day. Wow, that's so really, like, really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you talk about um, some people find it difficult to listen, and I think even it's, it's hard for us to listen to sometimes to people that are alive because we're so busy thinking about things mm-hmm. ourselves. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing what you offer people, there's got to be some way to be present and to quiet our own inner thoughts to allow mm-hmm. these connections to take place. Is mm-hmm. that so? That's what it is. And yeah. so it, it really is, it, it's um, a, a form of, uh, of deep relaxation. And so what they do is uh, they deeply relax themselves and then they allow the unfoldment to happen. In other words, they allow things to come to them without controlling them. They don't use their imagination. They don't bring up memories. They don't do anything but just focus on allowing things to come to them. And so they, they go into a scene, for instance, into a, a beautiful place that they had, in, they had been with that person before. And they just imagine that, and then after they imagine it, then they stop. They don't control. They don't judge. They don't do anything more. Mm-hmm. They just allow whatever comes to come. And what happens then is that the person on the other side is able to take over. 
So they're a lot, they're able to take over the unfoldment and make the whole scene unfold. And so then they will communicate and the communication will come through. But what it involves is the person on this side, the person who is in a body, just giving up control, just allowing it to come through and they will take care of it. They will bring it up and bring it through. And that's what we teach. That's what's in the program. Oh, that's really good news. I know mm-hmm. for myself, there's been some mediums that I've spoken to that I've gotten really great readings, and then there's been others that just seem like, um, and probably no fault of their own, but they were mm-hmm. grabbing at straws and nothing seemed to make sense. And um, mm-hmm. and so I think I think there's probably a lot of things at play. It doesn't necessarily mean somebody's bad at their job, but it, mm-hmm. it is really reassuring that there's a way that we can make these connections ourselves as opposed to mm-hmm. thinking I've got to go to somebody and that's mm-hmm. once, you know, in six months, some of these people have really long waiting lists and it's mm-hmm. not until six months time that I can communicate with my father. Like not true, mm-hmm. not no. true. No, 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 they're, they're anxious to communicate and there's a sense of presence that people get that they, that they ignore. And, and the sense of presence means you just have the feeling like they're with you. Mm-hmm. you just have that, that sense that they're around and that in fact is a real sense it's just like seeing and hearing it's a sense that, that tells you that they are in fact actually there and when they are there when you get that sense of, of of knowing that they're there then all you have to do is start a dialogue all you have to do is close your eyes and just start to speak and and listen to what you what you get be open to it and you can start a dialogue with them and that happens when people have a sudden wave of grief so they've had somebody who has passed away and uh, they, uh, at times, will have a sudden uh, compelling wave of grief that just comes over them. Yes. Uh, that's very often because of the fact that the person is there. So, in other words, they have the sense of presence, but they don't realize it's a sense of presence. But the sense of presence gives them, uh, makes them realize that the person is not on the earth plane. And that sudden realization that the person is uh, not on the earth plane results in the grief, but the grief is an indication of the fact that they're nearby. And so all they have to do is communicate with them. You know, that sounds, I don't know if the word's refreshing or not, but after my dad mm-hmm. died, you know, i have never been through any deeper, tougher grief. And I mm-hmm. just remember at the most random times, I was just flooded and the mm-hmm. tears started flowing. And mm-hmm. if I had put in the practice then, like, hey, this is a sign dad's near, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. boy, that sure yeah. would have been useful. So, Oh, I, yeah. All you have to do is just quiet yourself and start a dialogue. Yeah. Thank uh, you and for then that. When I, yeah, when I say start a dialogue, it's just like a daydream. So what you do is uh, you can go into it by just uh, closing your eyes and relaxing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, can, you can ask a question. You can, you can say, Dad, is that you? You know, and dad, are you here? And then, and then you just allow the, the response to come and the response will come and then you respond to that and you just continue to carry on the dialogue and the dialogue will carry itself because of the fact that they are communicating with you. And, uh, that's a, a way that you can find out, uh, if you do that repeatedly, then you get better and better at it. You realize more and more that they're around. And we don't have to worry about them, keeping them, holding them back because we're communicating with them. That just is a fiction. Uh, there is, they can always come to us from wherever they are. They're only a thought away. So they get our thoughts. And if they're, if we're asking to speak with them or if we're in a destitute position and we're, we're really suffering, they will come to us from wherever they are. And we're not holding them back. 
What, this may sound like a dumb question, but what are they mm-hmm. do, what are they doing over there? Yeah, what are they doing? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I have my own thoughts, but what, what do you have yeah. to say about well, that? Well, they're doing whatever whatever they would love to do. So then, uh, in the next stage, in in, in the, the next plane of life, uh-huh. they are. It, it's a, a period of time when they're able to regroup and and to to uh, do things that they would really love to do. So they are doing the things that they would love to do. They have their own houses. The, the, this earth plane is a spiritual plane. So we're on a spiritual plane right now. Okay. It's just one of many spiritual planes. So the next spiritual plane that we go on to is just like this. So it's going to be solid like this, and we have bodies, and you know, really? we're able to do things. It's exactly like this. So uh, the only difference is that there are none of the drawbacks. There are no extreme temperature changes, and there are no no ticks and fleas and mosquitoes, <laughs> and, you know. And uh, there are none of those things. There there are no uh, machines making carbon emissions, and so we don't have any of those things. But the, it's just exactly like this. And, and many people feel when they go to the, to the next plane of life that they're dreaming. They feel like you know this is just like you know, uh, my life, and you know I'm, the, things are that I'm walking around, and and uh, it feels like it's exactly the same, and so they they don't realize that they have gone on to the next plane of life. So it, it it's just exactly like this, and and what happens is that when we they go on to that next plane of life, then they have occupations. Mm-hmm. But they're not occupations in which they get paid money. What they're doing is they're doing things that they love to do, and they're doing it for people in servanthood. They're doing it because people need it. For instance, somebody who just loves to to decorate houses then would uh, decorate houses for people on the other side. Many people on the other side will come back and will serve on the earth plane. So, in other words, they'll they'll try to help people on the earth plane, or or they may be people who help them once they cross over, and they need help. And becoming acclimated to where they are and and uh, taking care of, of uh, when, when they want to come back and see their loved ones and how to do that. And so they are, in other words, uh, they're, they're helpers. And uh, many people become helpers when they go to the other side. So they, they could be designers or helpers or artists if they were artists on this side, musicians if they were musicians, or if they wanted to be a musician and couldn't be on this side, mm-hmm. then, uh, then they can do that. Have you ever seen Groundhog Day? Yes, I have. Okay, that's exactly what it's like. So uh, when uh, uh, when he learns how to play the piano after a long period of time, that's what it is. I mean, if you would really like to learn to play the piano, you can do that. Uh, there are books, there are libraries, but it, the interesting thing is on the other side that the uh, the books actually read themselves to you if you want them to. Uh, and you can actually get the book the way that the author intended it by by actually linking with the author and linking with the author's mind, and then the author then will guide you through the book. So there are many of these things. There are schools, uh, and especially for young people, mm-hmm. they, are, they, go, they go to school and they learn, and uh, they grow up on the other side, even uh, miscarriages, uh, even children who were aborted. Uh, they do grow up on the other side, and then they're waiting there for their, their parents when they come back. But they do go to school. And uh, they, uh, there are teachers, so people do become teachers on the other mm-hmm. side. So there's a whole life on the other side. It's just as solid as this life. It's just like this with none of the drawbacks, and people are doing the things that they love to do. Um, how about people that commit suicide? Are they? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens? I mean, I'm sure it's well, individual as many people there are, but they're not yeah. sentenced to eternal 
damnation. Or no, anything there I is no imagine. such thing as that. You know that that hell myth is just awful, and and it's got to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no such thing as a hell. And uh, what happens is that a person who commits suicide has has stopped their learning process. They've they've gone out of Earth school. And they've made the choice to do that. They have the free will choice if they want to stop the process. They can do that. But what happens when they commit suicide is they, they are met with great sympathy okay. because they've been through an awful lot. Sure. But at the same time, it's a very sad time. It's not a, a, a good reunion. So it's not like if somebody commits suicide, they're going to be with that person that they miss so badly because they have passed away. There is not, it isn't that kind of reunion. It's a very sad reunion. Because they just stopped their life, and they could have, they could have done wonderful things with their life. It's a, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and so then there's a, a great amount of sadness. And then the other part of, about it that makes it sad is, when a person commits suicide, they are going to get the thoughts and the feelings of all the people who are left on the earth plane. It just comes. That's just a part of, of uh, we are one in mind. Mm-hmm. And so then they experience all that. They experience all the sadness that people feel. And there's nothing they can do about it then. They, they've done it, you know, and, and, you know, if it's a year later, two years later, and, they, and they've gone past what it was that, that was creating a problem for them, they still have to experience the sadness of the people who are on the earth plane because they, they it's not a punishment. It just is that they experience it because they are one with them in mind. And so it isn't a, a, a wonderful reunion, and it isn't something which people really, really should relish having. Uh, but there is no judgment. There is no condemnation. There is no judgment in anything that we do. So anything that we did on the earth plane, there's no judgment. But we do judge ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we'll go through the life review. And during the life review, we actually feel the feelings of the other people. So we experience both what we did and the experience, we experience the feelings of the other people. And in doing so, then we grow. You know, we learn from that. And that's the purpose of it all. It's all, all for us to grow in eternity, to become more loving, compassionate, and other, other people-centered. That's great. And, and it's really mm-hmm. interesting because if you are someone who's contemplating suicide right now, to mm-hmm. actually know you've got to deal with yourself still, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's not the answer. And No, it, do, it does not take away the problems because the problems just become worse because then you've got to experience all of the grief and all of the sadness that people have. And it, it is not a wonderful reunion on the other side. Uh, but there's no judgment. It's just compassion. But at the same time, it is not a solution. Yeah, but that soul, Craig, can still go on to yes. learn their lessons and be mm-hmm. loved and cared for. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're stuck that way. No, no, they're not so. stuck that way. There is no judgment uh, mm-hmm. to, about them. They will continue to grow and to learn, and they'll have great regrets. But you know, those are things that that they have to live with as a result of it. But and they do learn, and 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 they will go through the period of time when they come out of the other side. But they could have done that on the earth plane. Yeah. You know, if they had just stayed on the earth plane and stayed with it, they'd have gotten past that and they could have lived a wonderful life and learned the lessons they were supposed to learn. And then they would have had a wonderful reunion when they did pass on to the other side. Yeah. Does that mean when we do make our transition Mm -hmm. um, that there are people there waiting for us? You talk about reunions. Nobody dies alone. Uh, But what will happen is that the people, it, it depends on the disposition of the person. 
so that some people, when when they cross, when when they no longer use the body, uh-huh. then they will not be interested in in going further on. They're not interested in getting leaving the airplane for a number of reasons. Um, some people have unfinished business okay. that they want to finish on the airplane, and so they'll stay on the airplane. And when I say stay on the airplane, it just means that they're in this vibration, and and they're they can walk around on the earth, they can sit on chairs, they can ride in buses, but they they can't communicate with people. But they stay on the earth plane, and uh, some people stay on the earth plane because they're mischievous and they can't do the things they'd like to do if they leave the earth plane. Arsonists, for instance, people who set fires. Uh, they want to set more fires because you don't change when you transition over. You're the same person you were. So if they wanted to set fires because they were an arsonist, what they'll do is they'll find, they'll stay on the earth plane, they'll walk around, they'll find other people who are arsonists, uh, who have that inclination, and they'll inspire them. In other words, they'll, they'll send their thoughts to them. Uh, they'll send images to them. You know, wouldn't look at that building. Wouldn't that be wonderful if that were on fire? Can you imagine the fire engines coming? And and they inspire them to do that. So uh, we are the people who are weaker or who have those dispositions are inspired by earthbound people on this on the other side to do whatever it is that they do that's mischievous. Hmm. Is there any way, <laughs> as whole healthy people, we can make sure that we are living in a kind of a bubble of energy that we're not attracting these folks? Mm-hmm. We just have to be loving and compassionate. See that When we talk about raising a vibration, yep. that's what it is. It's just being loving, happy, compassionate. That raises our vibration, and then we don't have to worry about the nasties. <laughs> that's great. And, uh, yeah, because uh, we, we are about them, and we're boring to them. Oh, my. Now, we, we, don't, we have nothing to offer them. But all of the, it involves uh, just being loving, being compassionate, being other people-centered, being a servant. We all need to be servants. And we eventually, I mean, what heaven and earth would look like is that we're so concerned about that the other person that uh, we don't have any concern about ourselves or any wish to have things for ourselves. And since we're all concerned about that other person and they're all concerned about us, you know, then it becomes a loving world in which we don't have to worry about those nasties and the nasty things happening. Yeah, Zig Ziglar has a great quote, even though I can't remember what it is, but it's something like if you make your life about helping other people, like your life works out, you know, it's mm-hmm. how you have the, the best life. That's what it is. Yeah. So, Craig, let me ask you, because we all have this negative self-talk. Is mm-hmm. that part of being human? I mean, it's just like it, so many times, even as long as I've been involved in talking about life after death, sometimes a little voice in my head says, Sandra, you're making it all up. None of it's mm-hmm. real. You know, mm-hmm. how, why, why is that? Why do we have that? Yeah, we have that because we, that we were reared in a society that teaches us that. So, uh, in other words, if, if we had been reared in a society that taught us to be loving and compassionate and uh, to serve other people, then we'd have a good head start on being a person who is loving and compassionate, and and then we would grow from there, become even more loving. But we live in a society that teaches us that that uh, love could be withdrawn, that I will only love you if, and there's a condition that's involved in it, yeah. uh, that that people can be angry with you, and 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 can uh, they can separate themselves from you, they can reject you. We learn all those things. Uh, they're not part of who we are as human beings. They're things that we learn, and as a result of that, then, because society teaches us those things, 
then now that's where the doubts come from, and that's where the the issues come from that we have. Uh, and if we, if society didn't do that, if we lived in a loving, compassionate society, we would grow up being loving, compassionate people. We wouldn't have those kinds of doubts and those kinds of difficulties. And that's where we have to help humankind to go. But we have to do it one person at a time. That reminds me of the song, Let There Be Peace on Earth and Let It Begin mm-hmm. With Me. I think mm-hmm. all of this just begins within ourselves. And um, I, You hear lots of stories of little kids who... Um, can see into heaven when they're just little and they mm-hmm. know things mm-hmm. about grandma and grandpa and all mm-hmm. these things. And then quickly it's like, no, that's your imagination. Nope. You know, yeah. you have an imaginary mm-hmm. friend it. and we're shut that's down. That right. mm-hmm. shuts them down. So society is, do- is what is doing that to us. So we really need to change society and we do change society by changing ourselves. It's in, in, in Mahatma Gandhi said, you must be what you want the world to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that if we are, if we want a loving and compassionate world, we have to be loving and compassionate. Wow. So, mm-hmm. Craig, where do we go from here, you and me? Because I know there's things you're up to. I know in an earlier mm-hmm. email that we had sent, uh, you requested my help to get the, the message out. And I think mm-hmm. there there are those of us who, you know, when when we're, how do we say this? When we for ourselves know that we don't die and that our loved ones are okay, mm-hmm. I think it comes natural that we want to make a difference for others. So mm-hmm. is there any way myself and my listening audience can do our part to help share the message? And mm-hmm. Yes, because we, we have a, a circle. We have people we touch. Right. So, when, so they're, they're the people that we come in contact with. And we are touching them. We are, uh, we are, in other words, embracing them. And uh, so we need to embrace that person with all the love and compassion we can give to them. And if we do that with just the people who are around us, just the people we touch, then we will have an impact on humankind. And we don't have to worry about the, you know, the people in other countries or about the, the, the difficulties that are going there. If we can help them, then uh, it would be a wonderful opportunity to help them. But that's, that's not our job. Our job is the people whom we touch, whom we love, who are around us, our families, our, our friends, and uh, we can reach out to them and, and make a difference in their lives, and that's all we need to do. That's all we need to worry about. And not only does that help them when we're doing that, but it also raises us, uh, raises our vibration, and it teaches us so that every compassionate act that we that we do, we add a drop of, of compassion to humanity, by doing that and so all we have to do is be loving and compassionate with the people around us that's pretty simple mm-hmm. very simple and you know knowing that we're going to have this life review and that we're going to mm-hmm. review it i know that i've had times and not that i'm a liar or anything but every now and again i want to tell a white lie or something because mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. sometimes it's easier than telling the truth but mm-hmm. i actually have thought a few times if i have to review this situation in a near-death experience and feel mm-hmm. the impact on the other person how do mm-hmm. i want that to go and that's actually caused me to, to be a better person and do the right yeah. thing now yeah yeah and and the more you do that the more it grows so in other words it's it's rather like we're we're growing the way that we grew physically so we became we were an infant and then we became a, a, a child and then an adolescent and a young adult and an, an adult and in the same way, we grow spiritually and mentally, and we will grow in stages, in, in, you know, cell by cell. And every time that we do a compassionate act, every time we have a compassionate thought, then that adds another cell to our growth, and we're becoming mature, mature spiritually. In the same way, we became mature 
physically. And all we have to do is keep adding those cells. Mm, and it reminds me of that movie, Pay It Forward. When we mm-hmm. do something good for someone else, there's a ripple effect mm-hmm. that they often do something for someone else. Mm-hmm. And you just never know how far that can reach. Yeah, there's an energy there. So we, there is an energy. And in fact, we know that to be true that in studies of, of remote influencing, that when people would focus on someone, a receiver, a sender would focus on a receiver, and the sender would focus uh, good, warm, wonderful thoughts, you know, how much they loved them and, and how, how much they're loved. And then the other person uh, who was hooked up to uh, a machine would, would measure their reactions, even though they didn't realize that their, their minds and their bodies were reacting to that person's loving thoughts. So every time a loving thought was sent, it was received by that person, even though they didn't realize it, that their body and their mind reacted to it. And in the same way, if, if hateful thoughts were sent to them, and uh, tense thoughts and discouraging thoughts, their body and mind reacted in, in just as much. So what we're doing is every time we have a wonderful thought, a wonderful loving thought, we are contributing to humankind and we're having an influence on that other person, even though we don't realize we are. Every time we have a hateful thought or an angry thought, we are influencing them and we are lowering humankind's vibration by that much. So all we need to do is just focus on being loving and compassionate. That's what Jesus said. Yes, you know, he in, did. In uh, Roberta's book, yeah, yeah. Right, Roberta's book, Liberating Jesus, yep. uh, the, the, the church has, has not understood that. But what he said was, all you have to do is love God and love man. That's all you've got to do. It's very simple. And, uh, and and if we do that, then that will make a difference in, in humankind. Wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's easy to believe that we are just our bodies, but when we start talking that the mind is not in our brain mm-hmm. and that we are, you know, as you say in your book, your eternal self, we are these mm-hmm. eternal selves. We are so much more powerful than we know. Mm-hmm. And our mm-hmm. thoughts and our, our mm-hmm. actions and our feelings yeah. really do send out this mm-hmm. energy. And, 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 oh, wow, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about remote influencing. So that's probably mm-hmm. tied in with the power of prayer somehow and some yes, of the healings right. that I've had. Really, really does have an effect. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, Craig, yeah. what haven't I asked you that really I should? <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> that you'd love uh, to share, or what you're yeah. up to, or any, any closing thoughts, so you know what yeah. yeah, I do have. Uh, sure. Everybody has the, the potential to be able to communicate with their loved ones on the other side. Mm-hmm. We know that to be true. These psychotherapists that I had mentioned, there's a 98% success rate. In other words, every person can communicate with their loved one. With the self-guided that I've got online, it's an 86% success rate. And there are other methods like mediums and pendulums and, and uh, mirror gazing. Everybody can communicate with their loved ones on the other side. And all they have to do is learn how to do it. And so everybody should be communicating. If they've got a loved one who has transitioned, the loved one is still here, still wants to communicate. We just have to keep communicating. That's the important thing. And then we can learn more techniques to be even better at it. But keep up the, the dialogue, keep communicating, because they're there and they're communicating with us. Great. And, and that will all will, will really help us in our lives, because if we really do mm-hmm. believe that we don't die and that we are eternal beings, um, it, it'll take away some of the fear of living. Yeah. You go mm-hmm. after your dreams. You know you can mm-hmm. never fail. You know you're mm-hmm. never alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so it, it, it does what we're doing is we are changing ourselves. 
at the same time we're having an effect on other people. So some uh, some people say, well, how can I improve my vibration? How can I become a more spiritual person? And all you have to do is love. Just yeah. love. Simple and, little uh, four-letter word, love. That, that's it, just love, just love. Yeah. Find, find opportunities to love and just love. And that will that will change everything. It will. And I think for any of us who know what it's like to volunteer or make a difference in someone else's life, I have mm-hmm. never felt more joy than when I've got to contribute to somebody else somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. feels good to do this. It feels good. <laughs> and that's a sign. That's a sign that it's good because it feels good. Craig, any anything else? I don't want to cut you short, but we're no, down in the uh, top uh, of the that's, hour. That's the key. Oh, my gosh. How, so how do we find out more about you? You've got plenty of websites, but how can we start learning more about the wonderful Dr. Craig Hogan? Uh, I would suggest going to youreternalself.com. Dot com. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the reason for suggesting that is uh, the book is published, but but I have put it online because I want people to to read it. I want people to to get to it, and start off with your eternal self because uh, that uh, is the book that that is the basis for what it is that that people can learn about how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and from there, then we are establishing uh, now the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. It is dedicated to helping people learn how to communicate with loved ones on the other side and finding new ways and, and finding funding. We're trying to find funding now for the people who are developing these methods and, and the researchers who are researching them. So our big focus now is on trying to find funding to get to them and uh, to go to afterlifeinstitute.org. So it's afterlifeinstitute.org. And that is kind of the cutting-edge place where we're going to be publicizing what's going on in the afterlife communication and in the research that's being done. And so I'd say those two places. Great, 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 great. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh, and you had mentioned Roberta Grimes earlier. Um, mm-hmm. We had her on as a guest a few episodes ago. And um, because of Craig's website, Your Eternal Self, I had seen a link to a book that he he published called The Fun of Dying, written by Roberta Grimes. And I have to be honest with you, the title pissed me off because I'm like, <laughs> how could it be fun? But it made me buy it and uh, to really realize that there's so much more about the dying process and mm-hmm. wake, waking up in heaven or the hereafter, whatever you want to call it. And since Roberta and I have been great friends and she's got her own podcast called Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, which I call an advanced afterlife conversation because some of the topics I haven't even heard of. So I can, I can recommend that to listeners as well. So Craig, I'm going to send you a warm hug from Massachusetts Mm, from Mm. myself and from my listeners, our our listeners, Mm -hmm. um, because you truly, truly, truly are the very first person that's opened my eyes into something so much more into my eternal self and mm-hmm. and really getting we are so much more powerful than we know ourselves to be and that our life is important it's for a reason um, and it's for making a difference so mm-hmm. in closing i want to thank you mm-hmm. and thank you you're welcome and i want to thank our listener for taking the past hour or so to be listening to this conversation i hope it's been a value to you it's certainly has been of value to me. And uh, as a reminder, you can find all episodes of We Don't Die Radio.com at that website or 
visit, um, just type in We Don't Die Radio on YouTube. They're there or wherever else you listen to your podcasts on iTunes or wherever. Um, my name is Sandra Champlain. And like I said, I, I do believe with all my heart that life is an education for the soul and that our lives here on earth truly are important. And again, in the words of our wonderful guest, uh, Craig Hogan, find opportunities to love. If there's just one thing to do is, is start within your family and friends and go make a difference. So I thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. <music>